The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, Channel 13, Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ, Channel 14 in Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, headquarters of the Gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 90 years, and a prayer tall, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel work to its fullness. We do hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. This morning, we are celebrating Easter. And to begin our telecast, our church choir under the direction of choir director Emilia Hahn will bring forth this stirring number entitled, We Shall Behold Him. It is the hope of our salvation to behold our Lord Jesus Christ in clouds of glory one day very soon. Join in and sing along with our choir following the words on your television screen. 
accompanied the choir on the piano is Edith Matsuki and on the organ, Christy Hahn.
Another church band under my direction will play Rise Again. Surely we serve a living God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, rose victoriously from the dead, and conquered over death, hell, and the grave. Up next will be Tracy Asana, who will sing this inspiring number entitled, O Calvary's Lamb. We can praise and thank our Lord Jesus for providing a way of salvation for our souls. For those who heed his call and obey his commandments, they have the promise of eternal life with Jesus. Tracy will be accompanied by yours truly on the piano. 
Associate Pastor Trustee Evan Sproat Sr. and Mixer Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Locke on the drums.
for the final number, the church choir will sing, Alive in the Lord. What a wonderful blessing to have Jesus in our lives. When we keep him close in our hearts and minds, he lifts us up and keeps us rejoicing by giving us peace of mind, no matter what we are going through.
And now we call upon a string ensemble of the church band to play an instrumental number of the song, It Was His Love. The next musical selection is a duet by Seneca Rose Hahn and Kelsey Pualoa. With blended voices, they will bring forth a heartwarming rendition of If That Isn't Love, accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. It is a pleasure to dedicate this song to Associate Pastor Marvin and Mrs. Sherlyn Abing, who faithfully and diligently serve the Lord. May the Lord pour forth His bountiful blessings upon you for all that you do for Him and the gospel work. Have a wonderful and blessed day.
praise the Lord, everyone. My associate pastor of the Jandok, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the Congolese for viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. This telecast cannot be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBPU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, channel 20 in Los Angeles San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZGO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ-TV, channel 14, of Salt Lake City, Utah, Pasadena, Idaho, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. From 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. And if you would like to know more about our gospel work and through our Kingdom of Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now, considering our schedule of gospel services in home city, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 9 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service held at the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our community branch church located at 1361 Polo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor other branch churches. Uh, services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald Levy Castaner Sr. in Kanakake Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth and Averio Hanamare, by Pastor Walter Aitinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard Kiwai of Sonosini in Kolokawai, by Pastor Helvas Farah in Bologo Pikawai, and Pastor Vesters Farah in Presidos Kodabatibinao, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regardless of these relations. There are no collections. However, you desire to volunteer to support this telecast and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Ann Jr., who will bring forth a spirit-directed and spirit-invited sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. We have all won victories in one way or another. Yes, viewers, we should praise and thank God for them. However, many tend to seek the Lord only in time of need. We forget the greater picture, which is our responsibility to serve and please God. We fail in this endeavor because as humans, we tend to regard the Lord only in terms of how He can serve and please us. At some point in time, we reverse the role of God and man. Therefore, one step towards rectifying the existing situation is to make the reading of God's Word an important and major part of our lives. After all, His Word is a lamp unto our feet and His Word is forever settled in heaven. I pray, viewers, my sermon, the triumphal risen King, Jesus, will serve its purpose and draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bring to memory our obligations to Him. Rejoice, Jesus lives, and because He lives, we too shall live. We can face tomorrow unafraid. The triumphal risen King has gone before us, he holds our future securely in his nail-scarred hands. If his body had remained in the tomb, we would have no hope beyond the grave. Death would always cast a long, ugly shadow on all of life. 
But Jesus rose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave. Now, death is no longer the final end. It is a door to everlasting life. He has promised, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. We have followed Jesus through the Bible all the way from cradle to grave. We have heard him preach the greatest sermons ever. There is no preacher like him, nor anyone after him. He preached in power and demonstration of his Holy Spirit. We have seen him perform wonder-working miracles. We have seen him go through suffering and sorrow for our sake. We have seen him die on Calvary to save from our sins. We have seen him buried in Joseph's new tomb. Does he still lie there dead in that tomb? Does the story end there? Is that all of Christ? Shall we see him no more? Will his body return to dust? Will not the prophecy be fulfilled? Is this the end? Will the one who raised others from the grave be conquered by death? The answer is no. No tomb on earth could hold the body of him who made the earth and made man in his own image. He will not be subject to the grave. He will burst the bonds of death in the grave and come back to live forevermore. On the day that Jesus was crucified, we find that Joseph and Nicodemus were present. We read in John 19, 38 to 41, And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes as a, with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. The disciples had probably been there for the burial. No one believed that they would ever see him alive again. His death was a final and horrendous thing. As he turned from the grave, their love and their hopes were buried with Jesus. Now Christ had repeatedly told them that he would rise again. But the idea went right over their heads. We read in Matthew 20, 18 to 19, in which Jesus tells of his coming death and resurrection. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. It was unthinkable that a man could breathe his last breath and come back later to live as before. The disciples put the thought out of their minds. Now let us leave the disciples for a moment and go back to the tomb. It was just about sunrise on the Sunday morning. We read in Matthew 28, 22, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. A great miracle had taken place. A great earthquake had shaken that part of the cemetery, and an angel had come down and rolled the stone away from the door. Unfortunately, it may take a great earthquake to roll the stone away from the stony heart of unbelief in Christ Jesus. Sometime during this period, Jesus had risen from the dead. He had taken off the grave clothes and left the tomb. Now when these women arrived at the tomb, the angels spoke to them. We read in Matthew 28, 5, 6, 
And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And I can just imagine the women as they stooped down and entered the tomb. The angel was right. There was a place where he lay, but he was not there now. There were the clay clothes lying where he placed them. Thus the women left the tomb, filled with mixed emotions. They were filled with fear. They were afraid that the angel's message wasn't true. They were afraid that his body had been stolen. On the other hand, they were filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. For surely he had to be alive as the angel had said. Now, in spite of their fears, these two women must have believed as they were told. We read this, uh, verses 7 and 8. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There shall he see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples' word. We must always remember that the women were the last at the cross and the first at the tomb. How happy they must have been. They were sure now that Jesus was alive. Their hearts burst with joy. We read the ninth and tenth verses. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. I am so thrilled that the woman found the tomb empty. The true born-again Christian can shout and praise the Lord. Jesus is my only Savior, and his tomb is empty. He is not a dead Savior. He's a living Savior. As said in Isaiah 43, 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. The founders of all other religions have died. None of them have ever come back from the dead. Most of them were great in maintaining good standards of ethics. But none of them ever came back from the dead to enable their followers to live up to those high standards. Thus, Jesus became not only our founder, but our savior. Also, no other religion can call their founder a savior. Luke tells us in Acts 1, 2, 3, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by man, many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. At that time, Jesus preached the selfsame gospel that he preached for three and a half years on the shores of Galilee. Now Jesus' resurrection guarantees ours. He said, because I live, he shall live also. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Christ was the first to be raised into an endless life over which death could have no power. Some had been raised from the dead previously, but they tasted death again. Death had no dominion over Christ because he was sinless. He is the resurrection, the fruits. And the raising of true born-again believers is what the resurrection will harvest. You pick fruits from a tree when they are ripened. The later you go back and pick the remaining fruits as they ripen. Thus Jesus was the first, and we shall follow him out of our graves and into the mansions above. Therefore you shall have no fear of death and what is beyond it. 
Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-14, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, and that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also would Jesus sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Things are far better for us over there than here. Jesus and our loved ones and all things beautiful, wonderful, and blessed awaits us over there. As I have mentioned earlier in my sermon, that our resurrected Lord preached the self-same gospel that we preach today. For 40 days, the risen Lord had been instructing the apostles of things pertaining to the kingdom of God, teaching from the scriptures. Listen to Luke 24, 47 and 48. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And it began with Peter's sermon in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. We read Acts 2.36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God had made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Yes, it was clear, it was clear that Jesus was the Messiah. No message could have been more important to the Jews who had rejected his Messianic claims and crucified him. While Peter preached in power and demonstration of God's Holy Spirit that they heard were pricked in their hearts and asked men and brethren, what shall we do? The same question should be in the hearts of people today. What must I do to be saved? Listen to Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes, the Spirit of God fell upon the 120 believers. Among them was Mary, the mother of Jesus, who tarried in the upper room for 10 days. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, forming the first church of which Christ was and still is the head. Peter gave the greatest altar call of all time. 3,000 souls accepted the Lord and were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the whole and in Jesus' name. We read in the 41st verse, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Praising God, they had all things common and were acceptable to all the people. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The word common is sometimes called first century communism. It is different from today's kind of communism. The early Christians were unselfish and reasoned, what's mine is yours. Today's selfish communism claims what is yours is mine. Outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. We read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Today there are many noble and upright people who believe that their good lives will give them a home in heaven, but that is not so. Read in John 3.5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the sixth of the seventh verse, it reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. To be born of the spirit is to speak in tongues or in unknown language. Thus we see by the scriptures that baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So choose you this day whom you will serve. The broad way leads to destruction. The narrow way leads to eternal life. The choice is yours. 
Physical death for the believer is called sleep because his body may be awakened at any moment. The same Jesus in his glorified body will literally, not spiritually, come for his own. As for the dead in Christ, there will be no grave so deep, no catacomb, no pyramid or mausoleum so thick which the sound of the trump of God will not be able to penetrate. And the dead in Christ shall hear the cry, Awake ye sleeping saints, arise from death, it is morning, the morning of the first resurrection, for blessed and holy is he that had part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death will be of no consequence. As to the living, someday there is going to be a number of missing persons on this earth. They will be among the elite whom the Lord calls first. Do you want to be among them? You can. Just prepare to meet thy God by obeying his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Now remember, some Roman soldiers had been placed in the cemetery to guard the tomb. The things that happened when Jesus rose from the dead scared them. After all, not only was there an earthquake, but angels came down from the sky and rolled the huge stone away. What could they do? They ran back and told all the religious leaders about what had transpired. Now, if the soldiers had gone around town telling what had happened, the people would have accepted Christ as the Messiah, and these religious leaders would have lost face and their prestige. They had to do something quickly. They devised a scheme to keep the people from believing that Christ had risen. They bribed the Roman soldiers, as you read in Matthew 28, 12 to 15. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, See, his disciples came one night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. But I would like to ask you a question. If Jesus is still dead, who is that has made such a tremendous impact on the world over the past 20 centuries? Who has influenced the minds and hearts of some of the greatest people who ever lived? Who is he that came in such a humble way into our hearts, purifying and giving us peace and hope? Dead men can't do any of this. Jesus did it all and more. He is alive. Thank God he is alive. The disciples met Jesus in Galilee. What a meeting that must have been. How their hearts must have been burned within them as they touched him and talked to him. Now he was ready to give them the greatest commission on earth. Reread Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He had been given a name that is above every name, as you read in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, in that name, his disciples were to evangelize the world. Listen to Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We are to tell men of every race, 
creed and color about the gospel of the kingdom of God. For God is no respecter of persons. The Lord did commission the disciples to baptize. We read Matthew 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. However, the word is in the singular, not the, the, the word is in the singular, the name, not names. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all rest in the final name of the one true God, who is Christ Jesus. Furthermore, Father is not a name, Son is not a name, and Holy Ghost is not a name. There are only titles. Jesus instructed the disciples to baptize people in the name, and that name is Lord Jesus Christ, the only redemptive name for today and forever. There is no place in the Bible where anyone was baptized according to Matthew 28, 19. They were all baptized according to Acts 2:38, as previously mentioned. Besides, there is no promise of the remission of sins or receiving the Holy Spirit or healing of the body. In Matthew 28, 19, when one baptized in Acts 2:38, he is fulfilling Matthew 28, 19 by being buried in Jesus' name. As Paul tells us in Colossians 2, 9, for in him, that is Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 3, 17 tells us, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. When the resurrected Lord gave his command, he added a promise. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And we find there are signs that follow the true church, as we read in Mark 16, 17 to 18 and 20. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Are these signs following your church viewers? If not, Jesus imparts in John 5, 39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. There is a story of a gentleman who was converted to Christianity. In testifying about it, he said, I knocked at the door of Buddha, and all that I heard was the hollow echo of the tomb. I knocked at the door of Muhammad, but there was no answer. I knocked at the door of Confucius, but the dust of the centuries had gathered upon his tomb, and there was no answer. Then I knocked at the door of Jesus Christ and found him to be alive. He came to the door of my heart and offered me eternal life with him. I invited him in. He saved me and set my heart rejoicing. Thank God for a living Savior. We are not saved by a doctrine or a religion, but by a person, a living person. And his name is Jesus. The question is, do you know him? Without the resurrection of Jesus, his death upon the cross would have been worse than a failure. He kept his promise to come back, even as the late General MacArthur kept his promise to return to Manila and liberate his comrades in World War II. We can say to the world, because he is risen, we too shall rise. The resurrection of Jesus Christ can mean spiritual life to you now and immortal life in a glorified body in the time to come. And it is yours if you believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead.
And if you would like to know more about our God's Word, our church, or review our telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Our church band will close our Easter program with this uplifting and inspirational tune entitled, Death Had No Terrors.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.